Hello and welcome to episode two of the Instant Junk podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Jill. And on this episode, we'll be looking at the latest Jason Statham movie, The Meg. We will also be taking a look at the Netflix exclusive, The Package. And we'll be going back to 1987 to look at the Steve Martin movie, Roxanne. This tracker rifle only has a 100-foot range. 100 feet? Get really close before you shoot. Great. If you want me to go instead, I will. You've got this, Mac. Okay, good, because I was lying. <laughs> Be safe. Yeah, thanks, pal. This week's cinema review is The Meg, starring Jason Statham, Lee Bingbing, Rain Wilson and Ruby Rose. After an expedition to the Mariana Trench unleashes a megalodon onto the world, it's up to Jason Statham to save the day and hopefully not get too many people out. So, where do we start with this fantastic film? Oh, I think we should just start with uh, no megalodons got punched in the face. No. <laughs> no, that was a disappointment. I mean, he's very good at punching old Jason Statham. Yeah, and it's just, it was a waste of Jason Statham, this film. I don't know. I feel like he's kind of fallen from grace, whatever little grace he had. He... No. It's <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I guess maybe we should start from the beginning. So yes. it had possibly the worst 10-minute opening sequence. The worst introduction to a character I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the whole film in itself has literally no tension. They really try for the tension. But in this opening sequence they really tried with the tension and it was just a case of I'll just get out of the little boat or the little submarine and just get on with the film is this the film is it going to be over really soon I don't really care it was a really bad introduction to the Meg yeah. itself because you don't see it yeah but you kind of see the imprint of its face yeah at one point I mean it's the two times before you actually see the Meg what you realize it's done is it's headbutting ships and considering it's a shark, don't they bite? Well, later on in the film, it does have a little nibble yeah. at some glass. Yeah. But I suppose it's it's an ancient relic. Maybe all it knows is headbutting things. What, you mean like a Millwall fan? <sighs> Low blow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I support them, so yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, the film just, it starts off, obviously, where we're introduced to Jason Statham's character, and it's... We see him in what's going to be actually a PTSD-inducing moment. Um, he has to... He's in a rescue mission to rescue some sailors. He has to leave a couple of his crew behind and he blames himself and... No one believes him, so they think that he's had some pressure-induced psychosis because he's talking about this creature that tried to break into this vessel. And then you see him, what, five years later? Mm-hmm. And there's a similar issue. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, there's only one guy who could save the day. Because, you know, <laughs> in five years, no one else could actually go into deep-sea diving for rescue missions. Ah, oh, but they were going into the Mariana Trench and they went below the Mariana Trench because they believed the bottom wasn't real. Again, in five years, they couldn't <laughs> find another person to train to do Rain this. Wilson only has a certain amount of infinite money Yeah. in this film. Rain Wilson, by the way, plays this billionaire who funds this expedition to the Mariana Trench mm. to prove that, in fact, what we thought was the lowest point isn't the lowest point. So, yeah, I mean, he's apparently funding this. He has no idea what he's actually funding. Which is just piss-poor money management. I mean, considering he's a multi-billionaire, I thought. Yeah. it's. I, uh, I would have thought you made that amount of money just by having really good 
kind of money skills? Well, I suppose you've got people around you after a certain point doing your money skills for you. Mm. But he was kind of meant to be, I think, kind of a Elon Musk type guy. Oh. Yeah, so he should have really known better. Yeah. Um, either way, his character was a knob. Rain Wilson did play him really well, but I am a it, little bit biased with Rain mm, Wilson. It's um, obviously we've got Jason Statham, PTSD man. We we're introduced to him as a drunk in Thailand. Yeah. Which, yeah, it doesn't help stereotypes. No. Drunk British man on a small bike wandering around Thailand. Yeah. Selling like hooky boats, really. And he really does. Ha- I don't know if it's just because it's an American film, but he, it feels like he really hams up his accent. But he sounds slightly more Australian. Yeah. But he sounds like an Australian doing a really bad Cockney accent. Yeah. No, it was. Uh, oh my God, it was embarrassing. <laughs> you should see him in The Name of the King. Oh, that's even worse. I mean, this film kind of goes down that territory. Have you seen that film? I'd, I think it's one of the ones I've avoided. We'll maybe talk about it one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we get introduced to him. We're also introduced to the token child oh, as well, God. who is a daughter of a daughter of the man who is the amazing scientist guy. Yeah. It's um, one of the things we're going to discuss further on is how many crappy B-movie plot devices this this film uses. As well as the crappy jokes. Oh, and, and the crappy CGI. The crap, really. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. What but a wasted shark. I hate when you waste a shark. Well, they wasted two, but we'll also get onto that. Uh-huh. Oh, spoilers ahead. But um, obviously, everything focuses around this kind of sea, deep sea station. Yeah. Is that the right way to describe it? That's how I would describe it. Yep, called the Manor One. Yep. And obviously, it's the pet project of Rain Wilson's money and Winston Chow's, Dr. Minye Zhang's knowledge. Knowledge, yeah. really. And obviously, without any kind of expedition beforehand, they're going into this blind. And then obviously, they go deeper than the Mariana Trench is believed to have gone. Yep. And they basically unleash Megalodon. Yeah, so I mean, basically, they were hoping that they were right. Then they were right. And then they thought, oh, there might be some weird creatures under there. Mm. And there was some massive weird creatures. I mean, at one point, there was a giant squid. Yes. Yeah. And that was interesting. That was probably the most excited I got the entire film. Yeah. It was um, (laughs) just random things to bring out tension. And giant squids in a shark film is the way to do it. Well, I mean, Sci-Fi Channel learned that the hard (laughs) way, didn't they? Everything that goes on in that station is so tokeny and so... Oh, God, they had a token for everyone, didn't they, in yep. that station? They had token black guy for comedy effects. Yeah. Token slightly butch woman. Yeah. Who's super intelligent, mm-hmm. but somehow beautiful mm-hmm. for effect. Yeah. We had the token child who was there to uh, just question, why the fuck is there a child on this station? Why does she have unlimited access? She was basically like... An irritation, but also a romantic plot point, which was really irritating as well. And kind of grim. Uh, yeah. 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 She wasn't a happy child. No. Would you be if you was just stuck on the station with no other children? No, but she did know how to work a sub and that disturbed me, but also impressed me. Yeah. Made me feel a bit inferior about my life. Yeah, but that's B-movies for you. True. Anyway, <laughs> not to lay into this poor child too much. It's not her fault. She probably didn't choose the film. No. So, yeah, you've got all these tokens. I mean, those the ones we just mentioned were the main tokens. They're the ones that kind of carry you. And then you've got the people stuck 
in the sub that's just gone down in this Mariana Trench thing where one of them you find out randomly is his wife, his ex-wife, who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the other guys is, and I'm sorry, I'm going to have to be a big dirt, was Hero from Heroes. Mm-hmm. I spent the whole time in my head just going, Yatta! <laughs> going, come on, just say it. I, it was completely wrong of me, but I don't care. He's great. And then fat knowledgeable man yeah I, I guess and they were best friends as yeah. you always have to have wasn't he just called the wall did I mean, we he... actually find out his name i don't know <laughs> i don't recall no. i didn't even know he was called the wall i mean every time he spoke i was just like of course you have an idea that mm. will get them out of this issue yes and then i just ignored him yeah. until he went away <laughs> <laughs> i mean basically he was in this little scuttled shuttle he but... was about as big as it as well i don't know how he got in there yeah obviously this little mini submarine kind of thing gets into trouble jason statham comes in to save the day it they happened. lose one yeah uh, they lost a decent one as well which yeah. sucks balls but you yeah. know it's how it goes um and then anyway they're saved jason statham is still a nutter the children was a child call him crazy. crazy hey crazy now i mean i don't know about you but if a child comes up to me and goes hey crazy i'd be like get out of my face <laughs> not let me you know continue to talk to you because yeah. this is cute that yeah. plot device, you know. Yeah. And then, what, this intention between him and the doctor that was that had said that he was a crazy... Yeah. Because he was like, there is no big beast. But they were like, well, there clearly was. Mm-hmm. And then he got vindicated. And you kind of thought, I mean, I don't know about you, but I thought at one point, because he'd saved his ex-wife, mm. maybe there were some feelings there. Yeah. And because that seemed to be the thing that took him out of Thailand on the mainland mm. to go and do. And I thought, oh... Is there going to be some form of crap reconciliation because you've saved her life? Yeah, but she was laid out because obviously she got shivved in the stomach by yeah. a, a, by a stray screwdriver. Yeah, but I don't, he didn't even go and visit her, I don't think. No. He didn't do anything. He just no. went, she's out, job done, where's this big thing? Yeah. <laughs> and let me go have a shower. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Grat- gratuitous body. Oh. I mean, it's the only time you saw his body. Which I'm quite thankful for, really. Are you? Yeah. Really? Really. There's a lot of space between his pecs, I noticed, but that's, you know, that's personal uh, preference. So that's what you was noticing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so did Lee Bingbing. She, her character, noticed that as well. <laughs> I mean, what woman wouldn't be? But, Me. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess... I think that was one of the main points as well when that happened. That's when it start, they tried to just inject some humour. Mm. And from that point on, more humour got injected through other various bits. And then I kind of just started thinking to myself, what is this film? This is essentially the thing. It's This film felt more like a, an asylum film or a sci-fi um, original film rather than a big box office potential. Do you think they were trying to cash in? What, you mean trying to make a B-movie? You know, like how they did it with Piranha 3D or 3 double D, whatever which one it was, the one with Kelly Brook yeah. where they were like, oh this is, you know it's got some weight and some money behind it and we're going to cash in, make a good decent B movie do you think it was like that? I think that's what might ultimately happen but I don't think that's what they set out to do It's I... got Jason Statham Yeah He's a B movie actor, surely mm. I do think they were trying to hook on to some kind of so bad it's good kind of vibe yeah but the problem is it's not them who decides it it's us yeah i think that's the key thing that they've completely messed up on this it's they've thrown a lot of money to make a so bad it's good film and that's not a good sign 
that's not good for a, a, a studio like Warner Brothers at all. No, no, it's really not. No. And it's, to be honest with you, this makes me quite fearful for Aquaman. I could go on about Aquaman's poster for a long time. Yeah. Let's not do that right now. No, there'll be a time. Well, we've got a little bit, we've got a bit too far. We've got a bit too far. Let's go back a bit. Let's go back. So, <laughs> so we've we, we've rescued the wife. He's got no interest. He's been half naked and they've called out that it's called the Meg. Mm-hmm. In a big boardroom to make it look more important. Indeed. And now they have to go and find it. So they get on a big fucking boat to hunt a big fucking shark. I mean, I, I don't know much about the sea or navigation, anything like that. But I feel that that kind of stuff would take a few days. Mm. Yeah, they got there rather quite quickly, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, this was the Meg attacked them during the board meeting and then they went, oh, God, let's go and get it now. Yeah. And that was the end of that conversation. Off yeah. they went. They went and, I mean... Or she got in a. Oh no! I was going to say she got in a shark, but there were so many bits where they were in a boat and nothing was happening. Oh, this was the bit all, where he swam out, wasn't it? Yeah, where oh. he did. Oh god, they they kind of did a bit of a homage to the original Jaws in this. Um, in the beginning bit, the lady swimming out just yeah. before she got attacked, and that just felt a bit crowbarred in, and to me disrespectful because Jaws should not be associated with this piece of shit at all. It has no say anymore. It's associated with, associated with all terrible shark films. Yeah, terrible shark films. All shark films. No, all terrible. You said all terrible. <laughs> I mean, are there any that. good shark films? Jaws. Besides Jaws. Jaws 2? Anything with the word Jaws in it. Ah, but you see, there was bad Jaws films, like Jaws the Revenge. Still had Jaws in it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Sharknado weren't that bad in comparison. No. No, it's not far off, though. No, nowhere near far off. But, um, no, you've got Jason Statham doing his best Jaws impression, and, you know... You know he used to be a diver. I thought that was quite ironic as well. Mm, Yeah. It wasn't a very good dive. I can see why he stopped. Yeah, me too. (laughs) But, anyway, he's... It was to shoot the Megalodon with poison, Yeah, Yeah, they had a poison dart, and he had to go and shoot it. And so it was also for a tracking device as well, yeah. wasn't it? And, yeah, they do that, and then obviously the Meg gets pissed off, as you would if some yep. cunt shot at you. So there's this whole thing of, oh, quick, reel me back, reel me back. But, of course, that means there's more splash. Yep, causing a commotion. A commotion in the ocean. <laughs> and, obviously, it's a race against time between Jason Statham and the Megalodon. They're, obviously, the Megalodon should have won, but didn't. Cause... No, because Jason Statham is a strong swimmer. Especially when being dragged. Indeed. But, yep. Yeah. Yeah. It had a nice sh- kind of big-ass shark dive where it kind of did this, went up in the air and kind of did a semi-twist. And... Oh, with the slow-mo Jason Statham yeah. flying just in front of it and then landing flat-backed on the back of this boat. Yeah. That was ridiculous. Yeah. But then it died. Woohoo! But then it didn't die. <gasps> so... So, definite spoiler alert. They uh, were celebrating the fact that this thing was dead. Yeah. And then another one came out just as they were going, the teeth don't match. And then the other one comes out of the water, chomps on the other one and takes down the boat at the same time. Because, you know, that big fucking boat (laughs) obviously didn't have decent weight proportions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who, who spends money on an expensive boat? 
<laughs> only for it to be like capsized that easy after a megalodon bites into another megalodon. Every boat should be megalodon. I mean, were there two megalodons? I like to think that the other one was just a very large shark. It's just the fact that not only did they release two prehistoric creatures into the land, but they did it without notes in the second one at first. Yeah. I mean, why wasn't there a giant squid? There must have been one more giant squid. I'm yeah. really disappointed, because then they could have had a shitload of films that, yeah. you know, after that. Let's not encourage that now. Okay. But, um, <laughs> no, it's... um. Because there was a whole bit on the station where I said, oh, look, there was this little spike when you came up. Here's a spike yeah, yeah. For, the, for the cloud. It was thing. like a second or so. Yeah. So he's a bloody fast-moving shark. He must have just caught up in the bubble and yeah. straight through. But they could tell it was how, you know, they could actually tell it coming up. Yeah, yeah. And they couldn't tell a fucking second one. Maybe they were side by side. Like, I mean... Not husband and wife. Yeah, well, they had yeah. the whale mother yeah. and the whale baby. That was sad. I mean, I don't watch wildlife documentaries just because it gets me sad when they get eaten <laughs> and oh it, they got eaten they were like where's the mum oh chomp there's the baby dead too i was like oh shit fuck you <laughs> seriously fuck you that definitely lost the film about 25 points yeah i mean it was that was only the real true bit of danger for that entire like half hour segment to be honest with you, because you know what, you kind of knew in the beginning none of the humans were actually going to get munched. You know, what, you know, a couple did die, and you know. Yeah, some of them didn't die from getting munched either. Yeah, and it's, you know, when I see like, big fucking sharks, I want to see people get munched. Yeah, well, like halved, like, yeah. and there's your half, like, yeah. stored, like, all over the floor. Yeah, it, you know, that's what sharks do, apparently, in Hollywood. They munch you. They don't fucking headbutt your shit that calls fucking, like, your ship to blow up and shit. No, they munch you. That's, that, that's their thing. They munch. Yeah, but if you're a massive shark, and I was thinking this during the film, if you're a massive shark, do you really munch people? I mean, if you are, however many thousands of foot long apparently it was you wouldn't munch as a human you just get them straight in you wouldn't you but you'd they didn't go around even do like that. that you'd just go around like one of those uh oh, what's like the a word? giant net yeah yeah doom. and you just get them in yeah no. yeah but yeah so they found that there's two sharks one's dead one's alive boats tipped over people die people die but then they find but two they... other little boats somewhere. Yeah. i didn't realize they had two little boats that had somehow survived this big boat getting decimated yeah and then they take the two little boats back to the station where, mm-hmm. I mean, if I were you, I wouldn't fucking bother. I'd be like, take me to land. Which a black guy was very much like, oh, take me to land. Yeah. And I just thought the whole time you I was mean like... mean the smart black man? You know what? For the first time ever, I was like, eat him. Eat him. Because there's there's an enjoyment <laughs> in token black man in every film. There was just none. I was just like, oh, come on, mate. You have nothing else going for you except consistently moaning about the fact that you can't swim. And you work underwater. Yeah. That is the joke. And that was the end of the joke and the beginning of the joke and the middle of the joke. Don't ever underestimate people who can't swim going on boats. It seems to be quite a popular thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not getting on a boat anytime soon. I don't even go in the water. Yeah. Jules helped me with that. Oh, you see, I don't mind going in the water. And I don't really mind sharks, because apparently if you pee, they won't go near you. But Nothing will go near you if you pee. That is true, not even other humans. No. <laughs> it's more the crocodiles and alligators I'm worried about. I don't like those. Well, why would you be in murky, swampy water going for a swim anyway? I do stupid things when I'm drunk. I'll bear that in mind next time you go to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> 
back. Anyway, back on. So, so, where were we? So, we've encountered in, sharks. We've yeah, gone back. In a dinghy. Yeah, they've gone back. Rain Wilson's like, oh, I've got a great idea. I'm going to go and tell everyone, like all the surrounding islands, etc., etc., there's a, a massive fucking shark. We're going to close up shop. We're going to get safe. And then someone's going to come and bomb the living shit out of it. Because mm-hmm. Murica. Fuck yeah. Exactly. And so people are like, okay, it's a bit weird, but let's get it done. Mm-hmm. And then in the middle of the night, Rain Wilson goes out on his little boat with the with the fucking helicopter, trying to be the big man. Yep, trying to go shark hunting. And he does drop some whatever it was. Was it modified depth charges? Yeah, because why not? It did kill some stuff. Killed a whale. Yeah, fucker. Yeah, and then well, he he felt like you know the shark turned up eventually. He fell into the water, held on to the the whale and then all he gets a little hand so he got chomped yeah he got a little hand left over yeah i mean it was a small bite for such a large fucking animal the animal was bigger than a whale but how did he only get a small bite yeah but what gets me most is this that was like 45 minutes before the end that was the first proper human chomp chomp anyway i mean i didn't miss rain wilson's character that much i didn't miss any character any character that died i didn't care yeah any character that was alive i didn't care yeah I mean, the only character that I actually gave a shit about was a little fucking dog. Pippin! Pippin! Pippin lives, and we're all happy about that. Yes. Um, Pippin, by the way, is not even in the main cast. He is just a side dog. Yeah, side dog comic relief. I swear that took on... That was taken from another film as well. Probably. Another film, and I'm still racking my brain to try and figure out what it was. Well, the Meg just lacked any originality, let's be honest. Yeah, but I mean, there's only so many things you could do for a shark film. I have it eat. Yeah, regularly. I am a shark. I am aggressive. I'm eating people. Yeah, you don't like that. Try and kill me. I'm just gonna fuck with you. Yeah, someone dies. Yeah, that's how it goes, really. Um, but no, it's you know they get back. You know, after Rain Wilson's big fucking almost heroic. Um, Almost heroic killing of a whale, only to get munched for his troubles. Yeah. You go back to the station and find out he didn't do what he said he was going to do. What a (gasps) shame. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and, you know, conveniently, they also find out that the Meg is going to a populated beach. Because, you know, that's where these things go. Yeah, I think it was Sanya Bay the place was called. Yeah, it was. It had a um, very, very lovely statue. I was very impressed oh, by yeah. the... Uh, a lot of good... Uh, Scenic shots. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Good use of a drone. Yes. But, um, obviously, obviously the Meg beats them to it. Yeah, so there's this... It's somewhere between, again, thriller and a comical thing where you know you've got people just enjoying the day so you've got a wedding party you've got fat kid on beach with lollies <laughs> you've got boys and girls trying to be like oh come on my little bit of raft dinghy. yeah come and join me oh, it wasn't a dinghy was it it was like it was one of those a raft weird... like a yeah. floaties platform there's three of them mm. and i mean i i haven't been to the beach in a long long time i'm not gonna lie but it was very 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 overpopulated waterway yeah i mean are there usually about a hundred thousand people in the water at any one time all on little rubber rings you'd hope not just for safety reasons because there was on this beach yeah 
It was it was a very popular beach. It was very very densely populated night. Conveniently, I, yeah. And then he's the shark swimming, and he's like swimming underneath, and he's like, oh, look at all the little legs, look at all the little little things I can eat, yum yum yum. And then he doesn't really eat anything until someone goes shark, mm. and then he kind of gets one of the dingy things, not dingy mm. things, rafts, and then they all get attached to him, and then they all start okay. being dragged <sighs> along the ocean, yeah. and then and then he starts bunching people. There's a guy in a ball, the Zorb Man. Yes! The Zorb oh. Man. Oh. oh, I was so happy when you stacked it. Because oh. <laughs> it just made this kind of pop. satisfying pop, and it was like, yes! Yes! Fuck you, Zorb Man. Get out the fucking water. Yeah. But that, you see, this is the thing. It was... <laughs> That was the only enjoyable part of the film for me when it actually got to the beach. Yeah. And people got, eh, you know, that's what I went in for. So, you know. Yeah, but even eating was a bit crap. And then you had like this fight scene with this shark where mm. they're back in, so they're back in their dinghies again. Not their dinghies. God, everything's a dinghy. <laughs> back in their submersibles. They look like fucking uh, Thunderbirds <laughs> in their fucking little tiny submersibles going around like shooting at this fucking shark doing like oh quickly move out of the way I've got it in line oh my gun doesn't work what a shame it was just like it was worse than the bloody pod race scene from Star Wars episode one it just fucking got on my tits it, it was, was like speed racer underwater it was yeah. awful it was just like seriously just shoot the it's a big fucking megalodon shark just fucking shoot it, yeah. it, it, it big fucking target how can you miss it's so fast isn't it so fast but then while that's going on underwater all the uh, helicopters so all the reporting helicopters are like oh let's all get in the action because the water is apparently so clear that you can see the shark mm-hmm. they can't see the shark under the water but from above the water you could see the shark yeah. and the little submersible going at it. Yeah. Um, but then the helicopters collide <gasps> and then they crash into the boat. Uh, and then the, another boat goes, another massive freighter goes up in flames. It's like, don't be on a fucking boat. Yeah, it goes up in flames. I mean, a lot of things go up in flames that I didn't realise would go up in flames. And they go up in flames and then the, the kid's in the water, everyone's in the water. But the kid is one of the braver ones. Yeah, she's telling Token Black Man, you know, don't worry, mate, don't worry. We'll be fine, just stop. You know, you're wearing a life preserver, stop thrashing about. Yeah. And then, you know, they the mother, I don't know, Spidey Sense, though she gets told, um, she goes up to the surface and they all sit on her little pod. Yeah. While Jason Statham fights in his tiny little submersible which then gets trashed and then he turns into Aquaman and this is how we get to Aquaman uh, and he's just underwater holding his breath for how long while he s- stabs at this shark and yeah. avoids getting chewed and I mean, he had that weird thing that helps him to breathe yeah but I mean again also for the whole film at some uh, there were certain points I was like surely you'd have like the bends by now because you've just gone sh- straight up yeah you're not allowed to do that yeah your body will not allow you to do and that. And if you have done that, you're going to be out and you've survived. You're going to be out for a while mm. if you can even walk again. Yeah. You're going to be out. So Jason Statham, Man of Steel, underwater Superman. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, then, as we said before, he stabs it in the eye and then the feeding frenzy happens and then they all get on this wedding boat that they've commandeered. 
Mm-hmm. Ruining some poor lass's wedding. I mean, she was a bit of a knob anyway. I mean, who carries your little dog around? Pippin. Then he gets in the water. You know, you look out into the water and Pippin's alive and everything's great in the world. Like and the one true decent character in the entire film survived. A small Yorkshire Terrier. Yeah. With a bow on its head. <laughs> <laughs> it should have just been called Pippin. It would have been the Pippin. <laughs> the Pip. <laughs> the Pip. That would have been... <laughs> <laughs> would have been more enjoyable. Pippin versus Shark. Pippin Meg. There you go. That's a cartoon. Think about it. So, what do we think about the Meg? It hurts me to say it. The Meg. It was the biggest disappointment I've ever seen at a cinema. And as a shark lover. As a shark lover, and and I mean that as I love shark films. I don't actually love shark sharks. lover. <laughs> I'm not one of those weird people. Shark Week is just pure pornography for this one. <laughs> Come on, look at the teeth on there. <laughs> How many rows? <laughs> but it had some moments in it. Yeah. I, I'm not going to completely shit on it. I'm just going to shit on 95% of it. It's It was not a cinema film. That's That's the key thing. This should not have ever been released as a general release in the cinema. It should have been... A sci-fi original, it should have been an asylum film. It could have just gone on Netflix or in the depths of Amazon. Yeah. You know, one of those films where you've been scrolling for ages and you suddenly find it. Oh, Jason Statham. Yeah. Done a direct-to-DVD. It's kind of one of those films that you'd expect Nicolas Cage to do. Yeah. It's one of those films. The problem with this film is is there's not enough... When, when you're in a cinema, it's literally your attention is on the screen. And there is just not enough there to actually hold your attention in a good way way no 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 so you think about the isolation of the cinema or what should be the isolation of the cinema and you're looking at this thing on the screen and if you're not enjoying it then it's a shit film and there was just points where i didn't enjoy it because you know you've got to stay stone cold silent and there's bits i wanted to laugh just people go did you fucking see that i think that was mostly me sat next to you i think i just had my hand out the whole time going why why and i I think i huffed a lot as well it was just so terrible yeah i mean it got to a point where the the guys below us just couldn't take it anymore well there was a couple that walked out they lasted about 20 minutes and then they walked out yeah there were points where i was just like if i get up I'm not going to come back. Mm. I just need to leave this screen. I was wishing that I'd sat at the front so I could just get up and go. Mm. It was just not interesting. Yeah. It was really not interesting. But if you was at home with a couple of beers and your oh, mates... Oh, it'd be fine. And a pizza, that that would be absolute perfect. That is perfect entertainment right there. But yeah, yeah. you can't do that in a cinema. You can't no. riff with your mates on it. So for that reason alone, this is a shit film there's a shit cinema release yeah yeah um if it was a case of you know it gone straight to disc or straight to netflix this would have been perfect it would have been a decent film yeah they just no it was you know it it was it's such a waste of time yeah and for all the promotion that's gone around it and everything it was just it's just a big no yeah it's um thumbs down yeah like I said, it, it should have been a sci-fi original because it fitted that mould. It fitted the whole kind of, oh, ridiculous yucks, ridiculous plots, ridiculous fucking everything. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Jason. This is a big miss. Sorry, dude. And on our next episode, we'll be looking at the latest Spike Lee movie, Black Klansman. Oh, shit, I think I cut myself. Did you? Did you just... Oh, no. Why, why are you looking down there? Why are you looking down there? Keep your eyes above. No, what are you doing? Uh-huh.
That's not okay, that's... Our Netflix original film is The Package, which is about five friends who go hiking, and one of them, unfortunately, has an accident. And his friends have to rally around and get him back his penis. <laughs> As you do. As you do. So, I suppose we should start by not talking about the penis. Um, <laughs> I wish I could say it was a spoiler, but it's really not. I think the original name for this film was the eggplant emoji. Yes. And they happily worked out that that would not be a good idea. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. I think the package suits this film down to the ground. Where do we begin with this? <laughs> it's, I mean, uh, yeah. It's, I, I mean, if we start at the opening, I really liked the opening. The opening reminded me of all those sort of late 90, early 2000 sort of teen comedy. Yeah. Sort of, I'm going to play this song. By the way, I did download that song that they were playing. Which was a brass version of Sean Paul's Get Busy. Oh. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's called like Too Many Zoos. And yeah, it just reminded me of all of those sort of teen films that you used to get where, you know, they wake up in the morning, music's playing, fun things are happening, actually got to get somewhere. And then you're thinking. Shit got dark real soon. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, this is a fun teen film. <laughs> and then. That scene, little brother, I felt so bad for his life. My God. I, I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> so what happens is um, the, the worst the, kind of <laughs> shit. That's what happened. <laughs> so we watching, will stop laughing eventually. It's just too much. It's um, the family, the, the son and the father. So Sean. Watching, yeah, so Sean, the older brother. Yeah, Sean's little brother and Sean's dad are Sitting down, watching TV, uh, Sean's friend, was it Chad? No, it wasn't Chad. No, oh, this was Donnie, the ginger one. Donnie. Donnie. Donnie comes up, rocks up in his little car, realises that, you know... Unprotected Wi-Fi. And then just proceeds to put on the nastiest, grimmest, hardcore so, pornography I have, I have ever witnessed in my life. In a film... Outside of hardcore pornography, yes. I, I haven't even seen hardcore pornography that great. <laughs> but yeah, the little brother is so traumatised and the mum and dad are screaming. They can't ah, make, make it, it stop. stop. No, they can't because obviously he's got control of it. So no matter what they press on their remote. Yeah. Um, and then Sean leaves the house and he's like, oh, Donnie, what have you done? And you're thinking, quality. I, I need to find myself some open Wi-Fi and do that to someone. <laughs> Preferably a friend. I don't want to go to prison. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, I loved it. It just it took me right back to when I was young, watching things like that. I liked oh, it. Hardcore pornography. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that's another side of me. You'll never know. Um, we do now. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you know things like, and I, we did have a little brief discussion about this off off microphone mm-hmm. about whether or not this this film is kind of in the same genre same sort of arena as your super bads and your american pies and i think it is but sam has other thoughts on this to be honest, thinking about it it's what freddie got fingered wanted to be oh yes that's a good way of thinking about it it's um just imagine people with actual talent behind it and yeah, yeah. it's kind of like i thought it was kind of a little bit road trippy as well mm. i thought it was a bit road trippy um so anyway, Sean has been away um, in Germany studying and he's come back for a week yep. to just basically have some time with the family. Mm. But he's, gonna, he's going on a camping trip with his 
two best buds, Donnie and Jeremy. And apparently it's something that they do every year. Mm. So they're going off to this this camping trip and unfortunately Jeremy has to bring his twin sister. We need to remember that because they do say it a lot. Mm -hmm. His twin sister and her friend who is unfortunately Donnie's ex-girlfriend. So all the tropes are there. Mm -hmm. It is quite trope heavy. But it does it right. Yeah, it's not bad trope. Um, I mean, there were points, I think, even at the beginning, I thought, I'm a little bit too old for this film. There was a lot of internal laughter, not a lot of external laughter for a while. To be honest with you, after the hardcore pornography, I think any age barrier went out the <laughs> window. Yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so into the characters a little bit. You've got Donnie, who is the sort of gingery, well, he's very ginger, actually. Mm-hmm. He's, he's so ginger, he's got no eyelashes. Yeah. I spent the whole time going, where are your eyelashes? Mm. Um, and and apparently he's quite grim during blowjobs. Oh, <laughs> yes, he is. Um, he's kind of like the, if you go down the trope route, he's kind of like the corny sort of out there friend, the Jonah Hill of the yeah. friend set. Yeah. The guy who has no filter. Yeah. And then you've got Jeremy, who is the long haired kind of stoner guy. Yeah. And then you've got Sean, who's a kind of clean cut, you're kind of Brecken Meyer type. Yeah. Sort of Jason Biggsy type guy, but with a little bit more yeah. personality. I think he has a little bit more thought process mm. ish, kinda, kinda ish. And then you've got the two girls. So you've got Becky, who's Jeremy's twin sister, and I thought she was actually quite a strong character because she, yeah. she pretty much. I like to think that she was ad living because some of her lines back were absolutely quality. Yeah, and yeah. So Becky's character was completely good, strong female lead. And her friend, oh, what was her friend called? Was it Sarah? Sarah, that's right. She was kind of like the sporty, also quite similar to Donnie, no filter kind of chick. So there was no super girly girls. Oh, there no, was they none gave of that as rubbish. good as they got. And yeah, that was, was really that. nice to see. Yeah. It was, it was... There was none of that. There was no nudity, really, either, was there? Was a bit of topless action. We're not going to talk about the penis just yet. <laughs> the penis didn't have a jacket. We know this. Um... <laughs> <laughs> But it was just taking away from all the sort of teen films of before, where there was always some tits or something. Mm. There was any... What's... I don't even think there was any tits. I no. don't recall any tits. No. It was all dick. <laughs> it was pretty much all dick. And it was uh, it was really nice to see really strong female characters as well. Yeah. You know, even if you take go away from the main characters, uh, Jeremy and Becky's mum was... <laughs> fantastic she was just oh she just had a couple of one-liners didn't she yeah I, but she was enough to bitch and i loved her yeah yeah she, she as, was just like, as all true mums really are when their kids fuck up on a trip yeah <laughs> and especially if the kids were well jeremy i think she liked becky yeah jeremy i wouldn't want jeremy to be my son he no. was he was high without needing to be high i think he'd definitely done too much in his time i think it was just head injuries <laughs> uh yeah no it's fair uh, I mean, he did keep... So, Sean and Becky have mutual crushes, crushes on each other, and Jeremy has noticed this and keeps giving Sean... Condoms. Condoms and telling him to just fuck his sister, which is a bit weird. And poor Sean was actually freaked out about this, as any guy should be. Yeah. Oh, it's the whole, oh, no, if I, if she feels something, I should feel it because of the twin connection. And that just made it even yeah. more... Yeah. Oh! So, Jeremy, the king of creep. But not in a creepy kind of viral. Ha, ha, ha. It no. was kind of I want my sister to get some, so I could feel some too. It was very, he's very innocent, like in what in he his says. Creepiness, yeah. yeah, he's just very. I mean, I'm still waiting, and I can't wait for his Britney Spears musical to come to life. <laughs> yeah. 
that magical moment near the end. Um, not even near the end, it was... No, it was where they were playing Toxic, I think it was. Yes. Or Baby One More Time. Oh, it was brilliant. Yes. Anyway, back to the film. Um, so, yeah, they're all getting on a... Uh, in, in the car, Jeremy's driving off to wherever it is they're going. Some ridge somewhere. And this is when <laughs> I found out that sk- uh, scarting was a thing. Scarting? I call that sharting. Oh, sorry, it was sharting, wasn't it? I was going to say, shot, a good shot was shafart. Yeah, that was when I first... This this was an education for me. It was I didn't know guys do that during blowjobs, and I'm I'm now joining that nunnery. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, but... fuck that. I I ain't having some guy shitting and farting while I'm down there. Fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> then you need to make sure he's got a little nappy on then. Oh, Just that's, a little... that's a that's a whole new weird kind of place we're going there. That's... Well, you you open that door and I walk through it. Enjoy that. I'm shutting the door behind you. <laughs> now. Don't keep me in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the film is pretty predictable. They go out into the forest and you're kind of like, oh, what pitfalls will happen? What hilarity will happen? It is basically the spring break. Let's go get fucked. Pretty much. They get fucked. On, they don't fuck each other. They just go and drink, get really high. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Becky and Sean are kind of navigating their relationship or lack thereof because Brecky, Becky's just broken up with Chad. Chad. Chad, who you don't see for a while. So people are like, you know, you two should just get together. It'd be really great. And they're kind of navigating that anyway. When they were just about to get it on, Sean gets called away because they found that Jeremy's gone for a piss and he's talking to himself. So, I mean, when you're a bit drunk, I'm sure everyone talks to themselves when they're going for a wee. I fall asleep. Well, he had to. St- I mean, if he fell asleep, he would have gone off the side of the cliff. So. That might have been better than what actually happened to him. So Jeremy had bought this flick knife that he was trying to figure out how to handle appropriately, and was, as he said in his own words, cutting his piss, chopping his piss. He was chopping his piss, not his pee-pee, the piss that was coming out of it. And his friends made him jump, to which the package became detached. He detached his own penis. She's been waiting for a while to say that. <laughs> been singing it all week. <laughs> um, and then that's when even more hilarity ensues. Oh, yeah. So they try and call... Well, first of all, they try and stem the flow. They try and figure out what's gone on. And then they have to go and find it <laughs> in the darkness. Um, which, we, they didn't get enough dick jokes during that point. I mean... I've never heard so many dick jokes in one film, but the point where they were looking for it, it was only about two. Yeah. They could have squeezed in another five. Yeah. I mean, it, the whole film is just a big dick joke. It is. It's a massive dick joke. Or a small dick joke. Dick wasn't that big. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not the size of what you do with it that counts. <laughs> and apparently you should cut it off. No, not when you're cutting your piss. <laughs> for people who cut their piss, please be careful. Don't do it. Um, just don't have a knife near it. <laughs> just made that a no knife zone i mean if i was a friend of jeremy i would have taken the knife from him so are they really true friends no no mind you would you actually suspect someone would be trying to cut their piss did you not watch the same film that i did and see that jeremy was a bit of a moron there's being a moron then there's cutting off your own dick there's being a moron and going my friend's an idiot enough to try and cut his piss i would never think anyone's that dumb i know people who would wow indeed I have a very, very sad selection of friends. <laughs> <laughs> They're all going to listen and think, who is she talking about? <laughs> it's you. <laughs> so, yeah, 
hilarity, Dick's gone. They find it, they put it in a nice box, and they try and call um, the guard mountain. No, they um, call up the ambulance for a oh, medivac. It. Medivac, that's it, the mountain guard. And, yeah, I mean, they have to go and get some signal because this is modern. Modern technology doesn't work in the forest. So you have to stand on the edge of a cliff. But not the same cliff that he was urinating up, a different cliff. Mm-hmm. Um, to which Sean then sees a text from Chad to Becky because he's had to take all the phones to go and find some signal and he writes an email an email a text back to Chad as Becky but Becky turns up behind him and the phones go over the cliff so you know luckily enough he had made the telephone he had made the call by then otherwise it'd be a very short fucking film yeah he would have Jeremy would have been dead so Becky scares him and he doesn't tell her because ultimate trope you don't say anything until just before she starts to fall for you yeah, don't don't fuck with the flow. Yeah, so he doesn't say a word, and Medivac comes after, well, what they thought they didn't see, so Medivac flies overhead. They're like, oh, the Medivac didn't see us, so let's throw, what was it, a propane Gas can? Yep. Yeah, gas canister. Into a campfire, which blows up. Medivac comes down, and it's like, we did see you. There was absolutely no need. Yeah, it was, <laughs> who, who set off the firebomb? That was me. You're a fucking idiot. We saw you. Um, <laughs> but I think we are missing one of the most beautiful moments of the film, and I think we do it disservice by not mentioning. Oh. There was this beautiful little moment around the campfire. Obviously, Jeremy had post-cut, lying on the floor. Obviously, I think he's coming in and out of consciousness. And they have this lovely little rendition of Britney Spears. I think it's Oops, I Did It Again. Yes. yes and it was did. actually quite beautiful. I can't fucking stand Britney Spears, but that... That kind of was quite nice. Yeah. It's one of the sweet moments of the film, which it's a film of not many sweet moments. It was a sweet moment, but it was also quite a funny moment still because it was a bit surreal. To sit. I mean, we've all sat around a campfire and sung a few songs, but not while someone's slowly bleeding to death. Yeah, we're quite thankful that we've never had that situation. <laughs> Touch wood. So, yeah, so Jeremy gets rescued and they give the medivac team um a nice cooler and the medivac team go off take jeremy to the hospital oh forgot to mention so jeremy has a fake id <gasps> the, the one of my favorite characters and i forgot to mention him oh my god so on the way to the road trip they stop off at a convenience store as you do because you have to buy alcohol this is a teen film after oh, yeah. all and he has a Fake, well, it's not a fake ID, it's actually a real ID that belongs to a person. Mm-hmm. He just found it on the floor and commandeered it. And commandeered it. It's, um, it's military. a military, yes, yeah, military ID. So he goes into this convenience store and buys this beer. And this guy is this insane military guy behind it mm-hmm. who somehow I didn't even realize until towards the end of the film he actually believed that he was the guy. I thought that he was just playing along. Yeah. I honestly thought he was playing along. I didn't realise that he was that insane, that he <laughs> thought that this kid with long hair would be some veteran. Yeah. And the two kids playing outside were also veterans under his command. Yeah. But we'll come back to this character, because this is the reason why I like this character. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they, they, they ready back Jeremy with his, his fake ID to a hospital, and... Everyone's happy and celebrating. They'll go down in the morning because it's a six-hour hike back down and they'll go and see Jeremy. And they go and get some beers to celebrate. But unfortunately, 
trope number 525, they've got the penis box. And they've given the medivac the beers. (laughs) (laughs) So they, yeah, they realise and they're like, shit, we need to get down. So they start to make the journey. And then that's when more hilarity ensues. I feel this is going to become my catchphrase during this one. And, yeah, it's just a really long fucking hike, really, isn't yeah. it, for most of it? They um, get to what looks like an old guard hut, yep. which they, after kicking down the door, they realise it's empty. So they think, right, let's have a look for anything we could use, like ice or anything. What they find is a rattlesnake, yep. which obviously causes the girl who is holding the cooler to drop said cooler. And the snake bites the deck. Yes. Because, you know, Hollywood. Yeah. But, of course, uh, Sean mentions that, uh, oh, shit, he bit the dick. That snake has venom. We're going to need to suck out the venom. Dick joke number 25,000. You need to suck the dick to get the venom out. Mm. Sean, being the buddy that he is, sucks the dick. But they all have to leave the room. He doesn't want to suck the dick in public. Who does? Exhibitionists. Fair point. <laughs> but um, no, he, uh, Sean literally takes one for the team in the mouth. Yeah, it's the side of the dick, by the way. It's not the tip. It's the side of the dick. He's he's sort of chewing on it like a like a sausage type situation here. More like a nice lolly. Yeah, it's sort of on the side, trying to get it in. But you don't see him while he's doing it until they realise that there's a drone, and they're like, "Oh, we need to go and get the drone because where there's drones, there are people." Yep. So they rush back in. You kind of get a quick see of him trying to get it out and it's all a bit embarrassing especially as the sister's looking at it going oh my god you're sucking my brother's dick yeah oh, and by this point as well the dick had rolled in a lot of fucking shit across the floor so I mean it's all wrong oh. it's all wrong that aside they go and they chase down this drone Sarah does this sort of athletic leap <laughs> off a cliff whilst holding this drone proper fucking Looney Tunes Wiley yeah. Coyote Oh shit! Pew! I'm surprised I didn't see an acme sign somewhere near. Saying, "Oh, yeah." So that that's into a kind of lake that she dives in. Yeah, accidentally dives into. Yeah. Um, and of course, everyone realizes that's the quick way down, and they all jump except Sean, who falls back first. Oh Jesus, that looks so painful. It was a dirty fall. He, so he lands flat on his back. They swim to the shore, and everyone's like, "Oh, dude." That must have really hurt. And he's like, no, it's fine. Takes off his T-shirt to wring it out. And he's got this dirty, great bruise over the whole of his back. Red, raw, fucking... Yeah. And he just tapped it. He didn't even hit it hard. And he's screaming like a baby. Yeah. And then which one is it who fucking slaps him on the back? Donnie. Oh, cunt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, not at one point did they see the C word. I was like, this is not real life. No. Because if someone has slapped me on the back when it's red raw, I'd be like, Cunt! <laughs> I want to go home, fuck his dick. Yeah, he doesn't need it. Um, while all of this is happening, though, poor Jeremy is laid up in this hospital with no dick. <laughs> no dick, and was it trope number two million angry, sassy nurse mm-hmm. trying to teach him that his dick is dying because it's not attached to him and that he needs to have a bum graft to make a new dick but he's so hopeful that his friends will bring his dick that he's like, i'm not having a bum graft so in order to explain to him that his dick is dying she tries to teach him this via a flower and she puts the flower in a jug 
and the flower starts to wilt and in his insane little mind he believes that this flower is the countdown for his dick so as the flower dies he thinks his dick is slowly dying as quick as this flower (laughs) um (laughs) so that's all going on while they're trying to find their way to him meanwhile they've swum to shore and they found the owner of the drone which is this how old was this little bastard oh between eight and twelve, I reckon. He was a little shit. Yeah. He was one of those sort of... Wannabe gangster kids. Yeah, he, oh, he was just an atrocious little git. Yeah. Um, he was very unhelpful. And he said that he would... Was, what was the trade-off he wanted? He wanted to see the two girls scissor. There we go. They thought he wanted to see tits. He said he's seen tits. He wanted some scissoring action. Um, they weren't about to do that. So, what did they say to him, Sam? <laughs> dicks get cut, dicks get sucked. Whilst waving the disembodied, <laughs> disembodied penis. penis in this child's face. Um, and then they stole his dad's boat. <laughs> um, and as they were loading the boat with themselves, the dad comes back from the fishing trip and his son is traumatised. Just After repeating. having a dick waved in his face. Just repeating, dicks get sucked, dicks get cut. And the dad rages. Not only that, but they're also stealing his boat. I think he's more upset about the boat. Oh, yeah. I mean, his son needs to learn a lesson. Such a little shitbag, that kid. But no, it's... um, And again, it's poor fucking Sean. Yeah. Poor fucking Sean, who's the innocent. He gets whipped on the back with a fishing rod on his painful painful back and yeah i think at that i think this is when we start just seeing this I, i've taken too much shit because yeah. he says hit me again i yeah. dare you yeah and the dad does to be fair yeah and, and then they have to d- a tug of war over the cooler that's holding it a dick a dick and then they get the boat running and they get it and then i mean they gave the the kid what the coordinates of where they were going mm because it's over a lake and they had to just make it to the other side of the lake. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they were getting their boat back yeah. eventually. Just that he had to come get it. Yeah. Um, so they make their way to the hospital and they get to the door of the hospital and they're like, you know, at the reception. Oh, have I missed a bit? You have missed the important bit. <gasps> the cleaning of the... My <laughs> favourite bit. Oh, so back to army man. <laughs> so by this point, the dick is covered in... Fuck knows what is disgusting. It's grimness. It's, it's dirty. It's, it's a I mean, dirty dick. It's a dirty dick. And they have to try and find somewhere to clean it. So they go into this convenient shop and they're talking about, you know, what would you use to clean it? And the soldier guy from before comes round and he's just like, I've cleaned dicks before. And he's just reeling off all these things that he's done. And he's just like, you know, for a fellow uh, military people, I will. I'll wash this dick for you. So he does. He's got like a whole fucking dick cleaning set up and he cleans it. He washes it under Coke first. Under and the... then drinks some of the Coke. Yeah, yeah. Like he washes a grimbot. It. Yeah. So he washes it under this like stream of Coke and then he drinks some and then he cleans it and it's shiny like it glows like in that scene in um, Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction when they open the thing. And then I can't remember what they said, but he realises that they're not military folk he sees oh um, the id the school yeah, id and he's just like he loses his shit gets a crossbow 
shoots people. Shoots. Well, he tried. Well, first of all, he's just yelling with his crossbow, and then they're trying to get in the car. Gets the car, just misses the other, uh, Sean's dick, and then they get away. And then all of a sudden, this arrow just comes out of nowhere and gets Doddy in the shoulder. And I mean, that's not funny, but it is funny. It is. Especially as the guys, you know, at the end, the guy who shoots it is in the middle of the road, way back. And he's satisfied that he's hit something. And he says, was it the only dick I cleaned to my husband? Yeah. I mean, it's a low blow, but it's still kind of funny by this point. <laughs> and then they get to hospital and they're looking for him. They're looking for Jeremy, but he's not there. <gasps> So they have to go across to another hospital. They wrote, they go in and they're like, we have, the, we dick. have the dick. And they're like, great. And they attach it to, to the wrong guy. To the wrong guy. And they're like, this isn't Jeremy. But it happened that another guy had a, what was that guy's, what was that guy called Bobbit? Something, no. It's... Wayne Bob, no, in the, in real life. Oh, Wayne Bobbit. John done, Wayne Bobbit. Yeah, he had a Bobbit done to him where his girlfriend had cut his dick off <laughs> for cheating. And they were, you know, having to talk to him about the fact that his dick's not his. And he looked at it and he was like, whose dick is this? <laughs> oh, oh, it was horrible. And then she comes in, the woman who has cut his original dick off, to cut his new dick off. Because, you know, one's not enough for this woman. she got to have all the dick. And she is mad and... You know, Box of squirrels ain't got shit on this woman. She was very lithe, though. She she got around the room quite quickly. She was a ninja dick cutter. Yeah, yeah, it was terrifying. And then she tries to drown Donnie in a toilet. <laughs> but the dick's also... She's been trying to flush it. And, you know, dick joke, trope number two million and five. <laughs> uh, Donnie comes out of the toilet with the dick in his mouth. <laughs> um, and then they take the dick. Um Outside, really. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much as far as they got because before this point, it was a case of Becky learning that... Sean wasn't exactly a good boy. No. It all came out that he had sent a message to Chad, so they weren't talking. So she was waiting outside for Chad to turn up, and Chad was basically an adult version of that fucking child on the beach, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Complete dick. Yeah. But horrible. I think that was just to reinforce the fact that Sean should be with her. Yeah. In the perfect world, where unsecured Wi-Fi will get hardcore pornography put on it. Do you know who Sean kind of reminds me of thinking about it? The guy from Revenge of the Nerds, the main guy. <laughs> but that's for, that's for another time. To cut a long story short, they all become friends again, and they realise that they need to be looking for the name on the fake ID. Yep. They realise that he was actually at the first hospital they went to, mm -hmm. and so they run there with the, drink in a, uh, the dick in a drink cup. And then there's this sort of slow motion sequence. Trying to get the dick to the operating room. Yeah, because um, by this point, Jeremy, they had said to Jeremy, you know what, your dick is dead. You That smell that you smell isn't flowers. It's your rotting dick Stump. hole. And the flower died. And the nurse also took the piss out of him for that. She was like, is this fucking Beauty and the Beast? The flower <laughs> has nothing to do with the length of, you know, the duration of your your dick's time in this world. <laughs> so, yeah, they fight their way in this sort of pseudo-hilarious scene. It was somewhere between, like, a... It was just all slow motion, really, wasn't yeah. it? It was just... They had to spend their budget somehow. Yeah, I couldn't think of any other film that it kind of reminded me of there, but it was it was a new thing to look at. I quite enjoyed that. Mm. And then, at the end, he got his dick back. Woohoo! <laughs> and he get to meet his girlfriend, was her name Kendall Jenner's? Kendall Jenner's. Kendall Jenner's. Who they, everyone assumed was a catfish. 
because her name was Kendall Jenner's with an S. Yeah, because obviously that is the proper catfish name. Yeah. But no, she was real. She was real. She really loved him. Yeah. Even with his broken dick. Yeah, it was really bizarre. Really, really bizarre. But my favourite, my second favourite scene came at the end, which was Sean is coming out of his house again because he's having to go back. And Donnie turns up and puts on the same disgusting hardcore porn. And the dad is at the window. With the kid. With the kid. And he's just like, turn it off. And Donnie goes, why don't you secure your Wi-Fi? And the dad just goes, I don't know how. (laughs) And the old person in me was in hysterics for about two minutes. (laughs) I don't know what that says about me, but... Yeah, I found that. That was the only bit I truly laughed out loud. All of it, although the film was quite funny, I did a lot of internal laughter <laughs> for the whole film. There wasn't any ha-ha moments. It was very... <laughs> oh, no, there was points I couldn't breathe. Apparently, people getting their dicks chopped off really tickles my funny bone. Um, As it should. And, you know, dicks getting bit by rattlesnakes, that tickles me. People going, hmm, there's a lot of venom coming out. That 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 puts me on the floor, apparently. Uh, oh, by the way, they, they did say to him that he sucked a dick for nothing because you don't need to suck out venom because that snake didn't have... There was no venom in that penis. They did a check. So he just sucked his Because he sucked dick. it all out. Yeah, he sucked his friend's dick. <laughs> oh, so, God. I guess... it's um, The good thing is, is there was a happy ending for all. There was. Becky and Sean got together. Jeremy got to watch them make out. Yeah. That was quite funny, watching him trying to crawl out of the car because he couldn't see. He, he was tipped in himself out of the wheelchair. Yeah, he fell see. out of the car and then dragged himself along the side just so he could watch. <laughs> it, was, it was a good film. I think it's definitely on the right platform. I don't think it would have worked in the cinema too well. Oh, the only problem I see with this film is... I don't think many men would want to watch it because men are very protective of their dicks. It's like, you know, if you ever seen a guy, like your hand brushes almost near their dick, they're like, <gasps> don't touch my dick. Who are these sensitive men you're talking to? I, I do have a high pussy. You have a high pussy? A very high pussy. Wonderful. But <laughs> <laughs> most of my male friends are in the pussy category. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, that's the route you're going down <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. Uh, <laughs> trying to sort out my new career, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, it's an acquired taste It film. is an acquired taste. I mean, I watched this with someone else and they did not enjoy it. <laughs> was uh, it a guy? It was a guy. <laughs> See? But he, it, wasn't, it wasn't for the dickness. I think after about dick joke number 527, he just had enough dick jokes. Um, I still have my my potty humour. I don't think I'll ever grow out of that. I can't do a Blink-182 and stop doing songs about dicks and stuff. It's like dick jokes for life, yeah? Exactly. Get that tattooed (laughs) on my face. Uh, On the side of my cheek. Which cheek? Who knows? (laughs) Um, I mean, I give this film a thumbs up as such. It is totally worth your time. I'd probably rewatch it again. I think yeah. it's definitely a film that you wouldn't watch rewatch immediately afterwards, no. but if it, if you were stuck for something to watch, you'd probably watch it again. You see, this is this is where Netflix really do up their game with kind 
I'm going to say it, they're kind of sick black humour content. That isn't Adam Sandler. Yeah. Well, yeah. I said black comedy, not shite. Mm. Um, it, they had a programme called Big Mouth, which is very fucking dark black humour, uh, all, all centred around puberty. And it is just one of the most fantastic animated comedies I've ever seen. It was beautifully done. It made me remember puberty, which for me, one to remember that, it, that's horrific. But it was just, you don't remember it fondly. You just kind of like, yeah, no, I, I understand that. But it's told in this really sick, dark way. And it just hits the nail on the head. And this hits the nail on the head as well. This is where they are really picking up pace. Yeah, I think this is something that has delivered what it says on the tin. You oh, go yeah. in with very low expectations. And you, you've come out having a good time. Yeah. Really. I it's I had to pause it to compose myself a couple of times because I <laughs> found it that fucking hilarious. But again, that says more about me than anything else. I, I'm a sick bitch, apparently. If you like a dick joke um, or you're a big fan of old teen comedies, I think this is definitely a good watch for you. Yeah, it's definitely worth your time if you like a good dick joke. <laughs> And on the next episode, our streaming review will be Small Town Killers, available on the Shudder Streaming Network. Quite a hood ornament you got there, pal. (laughs) (laughs) Here it comes! (laughs) 3D coming at you! The review rewind for this episode is the 1987 classic rock sound, starring Steve Martin and Daryl Hannah. Steve Martin plays C.D. Bales, a fire chief with a big nose who falls for Daryl Hannah's rock sound. The problem is Roxanne likes Chris, and to make matters worse, Chris needs CD's help to woo Roxanne. With this and trying to train his fire crew to some level of competency, CD has to fight for the girl and also fight for a decent fire department. Well, this film was an unwanted blast from the past. Yeah, I remember this being better when I was younger. One of the things I always remembered, it was Steve Martin with the big nose. Yeah. And it was all about... Oh, but it's the person inside that counts. Yeah. It was also a lot funnier when I was a kid. Yeah. It was, I I suppose, because it was the big nose when we was younger. I I did find that quite funny when I was young. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what I found funny when I was young. Watching it back, it was just just too saccharine. It was a bit... It was too twee. It was very, very off the mark as well, I think. I Mm. mean, I just... I mean, the opening sequence was terrible yeah I, I don't i didn't understand it i think the only reason it was there was to be like ah oh, you know in the original play it was serrano de bergerac well you know this guy is a a swordsman yeah so steve martin has a squash racket and <laughs> given this is in july the two people he's fighting have ski poles wasn't it ski poles because they they weren't hiking poles. So yeah, no, they were ski. So they, so the little town of which they live, is a ski town. Yeah, but in but July? I didn't see a little bit of. I didn't see any fucking snow for the yeah. whole time. So I don't know where they were off to. Maybe they had some dry slopes. Yeah, never. It never went into that detail. No, it was just literally. It was blazing sunshine when they was out. Yeah. These people, they, they were in shorts. So. I don't know any fucker who skis in shorts. I mean, they were clearly in the off season, or they were just really, really hardened to the weather. Hard bastards, indeed. But he was able to beat him with a with a squash racket. So and his feet. It was bollocks. And I also found, and I don't know if you noticed this as well, Sam, was um, a lot of the dubbing was badly done. 
So especially in that scene and in some subsequent scenes, especially when um, Daryl Hannah's character's talking, her mouth was moving, but there was no sound. Yes. Or there was sound, but her mouth wasn't moving. Uh-huh. And I was just like, is this, was this what happened back then as well? Did people just miss that out? Because, you know, three nominations, two wins is really, really, really irritating. You yeah. didn't get Golden Globe, though, so it's fine. But this is between us. This is true love prevails. Oh. True love prevails over dubbing. Over dubbing. <laughs> I mean, it, if we if we talk about the characters, it's C.D. Bale, so that's yeah. Steve Martin's character, who's Serrano de Bergerac. You know, he's got his massive hooter, yeah. which is somewhere between, I think, there for comedy effect, but also for you to feel kind of sorry for him because mm. he can't have surgery. Because mm. he's allergic to the anaesthetic, yeah. isn't he? Um, so he just has to live with it. And he seems mm. to be quite successful. He's clever. You know, he's witty. He's got a good job. People respect him. But it's, it's kind of like Superman for me. I'm not a massive fan of Superman. I'll probably get a lot of hates. Don't at me. <laughs> um, I don't like Superman because he's... I like a good flawed character, like mm. Batman. Yeah. You know, I, perfect people are irritating. And he, yes. as a perfect person, despite his massive nose, is irritating. He can fight. He can climb a building, jumping from chair to, you know, awning. Like fucking Peter Pan. Yeah, you know, he could do anything you want him to. He can write you a beautiful love letter. He can, ring, you know, sing sonnets. He can fight men and outcuss them in a, in a bar. Yeah. Um, he's a knob. He's a knob. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's what, you know, there was just, I didn't find his character endearing at all. No, he was, he was an annoying twat. And it's horrible because Steve Martin's a really good actor. He's a really oh, he good, loves Steve he's Martin. a good comedic actor. And, he, you know, he's responsible for this. This was his baby. Yeah. And you look at it and you're like, what the actual fuck? This is shit. I mean, maybe it was of its time, but it definitely did not age well. Oh, fuck, no. Sax fucking proof. I love a nice 80s sax solo, but after the hundredth time of listening to it every time Daryl Hannah opened her mouth, I was a bit like, oh, shut up. What I don't get about this film is, obviously, it's meant to be a romantic comedy. It wasn't really that funny. I didn't find it that funny. The fire station guys were funny, in a way. It was... But they were drowned out by this really shit romance. Well, they were drowned out by anything. I mean, you had, what was his name? Fred Willard was in that. Mm. And Damon Wayans. And, uh, you know, two kings there, all to an extent. And they were just absolutely trashed and wasted in that film. I mean, the whole fire, basically the whole firehouse is inept. It's, you when you first meet them, you pray that you don't have a fire because you ain't getting out of that shit alive. They can't even rescue cats from trees properly. Yeah. They are that bad, but it's more for slapstick effect, which was unnecessary in the in the full context of the film. You didn't need a fire department. You didn't need anything. Yeah, you didn't need the slapstick. They if you meant had to their be... own film, really. Yeah, it was literally just they were the redeeming feature of the film, and that's a really bad fucking sign. Yeah, I mean, one of them was what that guy that went around going. Were you Playmate of the Year 1984 or something? Yeah, to try and get women. It's like oh. Very much products of their time. Yeah, I mean, the film is very, very, very dated. Oh, God. Very dated. Um, but, the, I mean, I think the biggest issue I had with everything was just the characters. Mm. The characters just, you know, you had this... You, obviously, we've already discussed C.D. Bales. But then you had Daryl Hannah's character, who was, what, um, a 
astronomy graduate. Mm. Um, so she's meant to be this super intelligent woman. You know, I like to think that he wrote her trying to make her a great, intelligent leading lady. Yeah. But what he did was he wrote this intelligent woman into the ground because she couldn't tell the difference when two different people were talking to her outside in a bush. Yeah. She couldn't understand that just because you're holding a Sartre book doesn't mean, you know, mean you're incredibly intelligent. Exactly. You know, there was this all these... In romance, she was thick as fuck. Mm. But in science, she was super clever. So what the fuck is that about? Are you trying to say that you can only be one or the other? You can't be both? Yeah. And it, he tried to write himself as this perfect human being with a big nose. That was meant to be the whole point of Steve Martin's character. Whereas um, the character of Chris was hot but thick as shit. And, of course, Daryl Hannah's character went for the hot but thick as shit character. Yeah. Why shouldn't she go for the hot, hot guy that looked closer to her own age group? Yeah, Steve Martin's white hair doesn't always work for him, does it? No, and it's it was just the fact that, you know, yep, okay, you're saying that beauty doesn't always win, blah, blah, blah. Well, what, they, what it ended up boiling down to for Chris was, oh, this is Chris, he's super hot, but he has no game, he can't talk to women. No. Unless the women are of a similar sort of mentality to mm. him, so... That, you know, he's he finds Daryl Hannah's character incredibly attractive, but he can't talk to her because she's super intelligent. Yeah. And he, he can't do it. He doesn't he, think he he's gets clever flustered. enough. But he can talk to the barmaid. Mm. So it's like, are you saying that if you're a barmaid, you also can't be that... In- you can't be as intelligent as this rocket scientist? Yeah. And it's... There is kind of this whole message of pairing people off by their in- intellectual strength, which is fucking pathetic. Very 80s. It's pathetic, no matter what year yeah. you're in. It's it's damn insulting. It's, it's for the viewers as well, because we're watching this shite unfold on the telly, and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, and I mean, it's, they just did... Every character just had no favours. I mean, even the, even the waitress that Chris ends up running away with, mm. she had mm. no aspirations, and I'm not belittling her aspirations. You can have this aspiration. It's absolutely fine. But she had no aspirations to be anything other than an old waitress in Reno. Yeah. So you've got Daryl Hannah's character, who is this graduate. Yeah. And she... She's naming uh, comets and yeah. shit. And, you know, then you've got CD's character who's, like, super intelligent and he can only really be with her because he's too intelligent for everyone else in... You know, because everyone else in that town were thick. They're... Except Daryl Hannah's character. Yeah. And maybe to an extent Shelley Duvall's character. Was it Dixie? Yeah. Besides and that. I mean, what kind of fucking writing would have it so that you are in a town of thickos when you think you're a superior being? Maybe we're learning a little bit more about Steve Martin's psyche. It is just damn insulting to everyone's intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, fictional characters aside, it's, oh, look, you're in a city of thickos and you're the smart one. You're the saviour of them all. Yeah, but is he really that smart? I mean, if you really think you're better than everyone else, why don't you move on to another city and have a challenge in your life? But that's the thing. It's a challenge if you go somewhere else. You might meet someone you're equal. He might have to just deal with everyone laughing at his big nose. Mm-hmm. It's um, and this is the thing: it's the insults on the nose. It was it only happened a couple of times. Yet yeah, it's a big bugbear for him. His nose. I mean, there's two instances where his nose is actually he's flat out insulted for the big nose. Yeah. 
uh, once in the bar and then in the beginning with the fucking pathetic sword-esque fight. Yeah. Um, and obviously um, you've got the moment with Chris in the firehouse when they first meet each other and he's just absolutely engrossed in his nose. Yeah. Um, but those are the only times. All the other times he makes a big deal of it himself. Yeah. Whereas everyone is just like they've, you know... But that's his insecurity, so... Yeah. They're like, oh, you can be super intelligent and have a massive insecurity. I said, okay, so then what's Daryl Hannah's character? Yeah. If she's massively intelligent, what's her insecurity? The fact that she can't find a romantic partner. Yeah. I And it's... Back to the whole point of, you know, how flawed the writing was for her character. One of the things that um, CD has a dig at her about is because she slept with Chris oh, on the on first, first day. Oh, that got on my tits. Oh, my God. That, that made my fucking piss boil. It's like, how fucking dare you judge her after you've been wooing her on behalf of Chris, knowing full well what you were doing? Of course she's going to get all hot and heavy because you're fucking feeding her mind. And why the fuck shouldn't she fuck on a first date? Who the fuck are you to say otherwise? Well, the, the worst thing about it was before he even said that, he had said to Dixie, oh, I, I've had sex, but through someone else because it wasn't me. So he'd been lording it up yeah. through vicariously through Chris anyway. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, you know, it was a heat of the moment argument, but still, you're just like, that shows you how much of a prick he is. Yeah. And then he goes away, and then she comes back and stands at the bottom of his fucking porch telling him how much she loves him. I'm like, that man has just made you feel like ultimate shit. Yeah. Yeah, he wrote you really nice love letters. Yeah, he's got a bit of a crush on you. But really, intelligence is the only thing that gets you off. She's a puppy in, in this film. It's, yeah, she's got a brain for a... Everything's scientific, but when it comes to matters of like the heart and mind outside of academics, she's thick as shit. Well, this is it. It's this. It's stupid writing. Sadly, I, and I don't like saying this, but I will. It's it's writing f- by men for women. It's just like this is you know you want to be clever, but you can't have everything. You know you could be clever, but you can't actually do your own thing. You can't do your own life. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what got to me that you know that kind of shit doesn't usually always get to me but in this film it it was just there because that was essentially what the film was about she needed him CD um, and CD knew this yeah um, but he was insecure about his nose and woe is him I mean Chris was leaving her anyway because he realized that he can't keep up that kind of crap yeah it's not healthy and it's, it's a lie yeah, it, and this was the thing. Chris was living a lie, but he was being encouraged to. Because it started off with him going, can you help me? Yeah. And then it just kind of escalated. So it could have died down mm. had um, Charlie not started to write... Letters. Letters three times a day. I mean, who... I mean, that's a good postman. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm lucky if I get one letter from one person once a day. And, you know, and he's writing that, um, not telling, what's his name, Chris, that he's doing this. So then when Roxanne ultimately goes, you know what, I love it. I'm going to come and see you. You have wooed me. Let's get it on. And he, the guy's got no fucking clue. He just thinks, oh, I'm in there. And then it turns out, actually, someone else is continuously lying on your behalf. Yeah. I mean, CD, in this day and age, would be a fucking nutter. He would be a fucking stalker. Yeah. He would be put in prison. Mm-hmm. Quite rightly so. Nose or no nose. Like, what I the hear fuck? in prison they'll have a very good use for that nose. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're thinking about the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about cleaning pipes. 
They have been cork pipes before. <laughs> Drain pipes. <laughs> um, but anyway, this film, I think we could go on forever about how, shit it how awful it was. I think... I have got a couple of positives. Go on. Uh, Duvall. It was really nice not to see her a quivering wreck in a film. It's true. She was wasted. She yeah. was. Her character was actually quite Decent. good. You know, she wasn't super hyper-intelligent, but she was smart enough to see what was going on. She, well, was... she outed him, didn't she? Yeah. And so, you know what? There, there was one other smart person, which is nice to see. I did like the little gaggle of old ladies. Oh, yeah, the cute old ladies. Who were just horny bitches, I think. Same as all old ladies, isn't it? Every old lady in a film. That's why I'm waiting to get old. <laughs> no, you already are, my love. Hey. <laughs> yeah. No. I. I mean, I like the fire. I like the fire department. Yeah. I, I, they were fun. Yeah. I um, mean, if you like, cut out all the romantic bollocks, because it's not actually that romantic. If that's romance, then I'm. It's dead. Yeah. The fire department are a really good comedy on its own right. It could be like Police Academy, but for firefighters. I was thinking the same thing. I'd watch that. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's nice that he actually wrote them progressing because in the end of the film, they actually successfully tackled a fire, got it out, and it didn't cost any fatalities, which... That poor cow. I was so worried. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And so there, there was good character progression with the fire um, department but then that's what steve martin knows like steve martin wrote a good side comedy yeah um steve martin writing a romantic comedy not so stick to that proper comedy i mean even i'm trying to think of another film that he did he's done a few that would be in a similar vein romantic comedy like the house sitter goldie Uh. horn that was kind of trying to get down that same route didn't that fall on its... That was a bit crap as well. Yeah. Father of the Bride is a romantic comedy from the other side of the fence. Yeah, he's just a dad. Yeah. Looking at his little girl getting hitched and not coping. Yeah. I didn't like that film either. I, I think didn't, I used to love that. I mean, again, I used to love Roxanne and then I watched it as an adult. We'll see how I feel about that yeah. if it ever comes up. I mean, for me, like, golden age of Steve Martin, stuff like The Jerk. Yeah. Which is just absolutely amazing and proves how fucking good he is. I did like Bowfinger, though. You can't, you know, Chubby Rain. That was, that's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Steve Martin has more guilty pleasures, I think, than anything else, but this is definitely not one of them. And it's, it it is weird, but, you know, you can say it's about the shift of time. It was acceptable in the 80s, but all of a sudden we're in year 2018 and we think it's absolutely tripe and it's kind of sad really that you know something that we did like when we were younger maybe because we didn't understand what was going on we didn't see the flaws of the people yeah we just saw the the comedy undertones yeah the fire department whatever else but yeah and it's also quite weird as well that in this day and age you could not get away with this kind of film it would be laugh it would never get made maybe it's because physical comedies become a lot crueler um, well, physical comedy, you you only really have two routes for it now. You can either go full-on slapstick, mm. or it's kind of muted, hidden within, like, a romantic plot. Yeah. Sort of like Paul Rudd mm. kind yeah. of stuff. And it's also um, having a physical abnormality as well. You couldn't do that as positively nowadays. Can you imagine though? the Twitter backlash for all the big nose people? Oh, can you imagine what the script writers would make of it? 
It'd be more than just a couple of incidences. I mean, Shallow Hal proved that you can't go five minutes without a fucking fat joke. Oh, God, Shallow Hal. But can you imagine someone with a big nose in a in a modern-day comedy? It just no. You don't... It's such a thing as well where you're just like, yeah, you're you're allergic to all of the anaesthetics and you've got a massive nose. Yeah. In this modern day and age, there would have been someone somewhere who would have tried to figure out a way to just chop it off. Yeah. Or reduce it. Yeah. I mean, they talked about contouring at one point, and I thought, oh, in this day and age, you probably could do that pretty well, better than you're doing it there. Yeah. To be fair, it was quite shite how he was doing it. He wasn't even using a brush, he was using his fingers. True. I mean, he'd never. I don't think he'd applied it before. No. I mean, you know, it's a learning game. <laughs> So, do we think that this film deserved the rating it got? What was the rating? On Metacritic, it got 73, which is very favourable. So, it was a bit of a critic hit. I mean, I guess it makes sense, because, I mean, he was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actor, and then he had to share an award with Jack Nicholson. So, they were tied, and one of the... The films that he shared it with was Jack Nicholson in Witches of Eastwick. And that is a travesty because Jack Nicholson should have had all of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think it also won Best Screenplay somewhere as well. Yeah. So I can see why the critics probably thought yay and gave, you know, but no. No, it's, again, this is why, you know, I love looking back at old films and looking at the scores they got because you look at it now and you're like... You fucking what? Are you insane? Did you see the same film I watched? Yeah. And it's, you know, like I said, when when we were young, well, what we said was when we were younger, we liked this. But I think we have both come to the conclusion it was the fire department that made the film. Yeah. Now we're older, more cynical. The whole romance plot has just basically become, oh my God, you are thick as pig shit, woman. You can't tell two different voices in a bush. Yeah. What is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking idiot. And at one point you went, you sound different. Yeah. And then she just accepted it. Like, you wouldn't, you'd just go downstairs, wouldn't you? You'd go, well, you're out there. I'm just going to come out. And like, no, stay inside. All right, well, you know what? I'm just going to go inside and shut the fucking door yeah, when yeah. you're ready to talk. Yeah, we'll come talk. and knock. It's it's absolutely, no. It. I mean, I would definitely put it in the 20s, maybe the 30s to be kind. Definitely not in the 70s. no. I wouldn't even give it a twenties. Ooh, I'm, that's a bit mean. The thing is, is if this is what romance is, then I am a cold-hearted bitch who will probably end up dying alone with cats eating me. It's not bad. It's not a bad ending, though. Yeah, it's probably you know how I deserve to go. <laughs> um, but no, this is just utter shite. And Steve Martin really didn't embrace brace strong women characters he tried to but he failed um he had lots of good tools at his disposal he didn't use it he bigged up his own character for the sake of bigging it up yeah and that's the damn shame of it all it's it was i'm a know-it-all i i i'm so smart i'm so witty i'm i'm so fucking debonair no you're a twat he basically made himself invincible and his kryptonite was his nose yeah and it's a bit of humility would have gone a long fucking way. Because he didn't even learn it by the end of the film. No. Because he got what he wanted. As all protagonists do in this kind of film. Well, Roxanne, no thank you.
On our next episode for our Review Rewind, rather than using our bowl of films, we've decided to pay homage to Aretha Franklin, who we sadly lost um, before recording this episode. And the film that we're going to look back and remember her with is Blues Brothers. And that's the end of episode two. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Sam. And I'm Jill. See you later. Thank you.